concerning spiritual gifts. First Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 1 all the way to 11. I took the thing, I lifted it. Which is another gift. But, verse 31, covet earnestly the best gifts. The best gifts. 
and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Now, the gifts are nine in number, very quickly. They are categorized into three. The first category, the gifts that say something. Two, the gifts that do something. Three of them. Three of them say something. Three of them do something. Three of them reveal something. But they have an order of importance in the three categories. The three gifts that say something. One, the gift of prophecy. Two, diverse kinds of tongues. They are saying something. Three, interpretation of tongues. The most important of the three of them is the gift of prophecy. As a matter of fact, when you have diverse kind of tongues plus interpretation of tongues, it is equal to prophecy. In other words, if I give a message now, someone gets up and says after worship, Thus the Lord, there is a sister here. God is coming through for you. He sent me here tonight to say, I am with you. I am with you. Go! Go! Take that bold step. Take that step because I'm with you and I'm going to show myself strong on your behalf. Say it, the Spirit of the Lord. Or maybe simply, it is well. Like we had it on Sunday. That is prophecy. That is prophecy. Some people think prophecy is all about foretelling. Mm. Maori, Maori, yeah, that may be part of it. Three days from now, somebody's going to visit you and he will bring foretelling. But that's not all that prophecy is about. We have foretelling, we have forth-telling. Telling it forth. Speaking it as you are inspired. Before it happens. And shaping the future by those words. As they are inspired by the Holy Spirit. No more down days. The glory days are here. And boom, the glory days are here. And you can foretell over your life and over someone else every day. Praise God. You are telling it. The three gifts that say something. Prophecy, the gift of prophecy, the gift of diverse kind of tongues, and the gift of the interpretation of tongues. The three gifts that do something, they are called the power gifts. The first three gifts are called the utterance gifts or inspiration gifts. Because men speak as they are inspired by the Holy Spirit. So they are also called inspiration gifts. But the second one, they are called the power gifts. They are the gifts that do something. They do. They are action gifts. One, the gift of faith. This is not general faith. It's the gift of special faith. I've done a long teaching, series of teachings on this. Go get those recordings. Two, next to the gift of faith is the working of miracles. The gift of faith does not do miracles. It does not work miracles. It receives miracles. It believes God for anything. It can believe God for a million US dollars. In the presence of zero naira. That's the gift of faith. It receives anything. It receives anything. Can receive healing. <laughs> Amen. For someone that is dying. It receives. Can receive back to life. You remember Hebrews 11, 11? Through faith, Sarah received strength to conceive seed. Amen. Even though she had passed a child, the child-bearing age. 
she had reached menopause. That's a reversal of order. And was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. The gift of faith receives anything from God. The working of miracles works miracles. Just like its name, it works miracles. The gift of faith does not work miracles. It receives miracles. But the working of miracles works it. And I figure that there is some speed to that gift when it's in operation. For the gift of faith, it sets the process in motion over time. For the working of miracles, boom, that's it. So there's some speed to it. And the last gift in that category of the power gift is what is called the gifts of healings. The gifts of healings. Now, the third category of gift, we have the three gifts that say, that do, and then that reveal. You reveal what is hidden. You reveal what is unknown to the ordinary man. Number one, which is the most important of them, is the word of wisdom. God has all the wisdom, gives you a little of it by the Holy Spirit. It's an insight, a supernatural insight by the Holy Ghost into what God is about to do. The plan of God, the purposes of God, word of wisdom. That's why it's called word. It's not the whole wisdom, it's just word. A portion of it, like an essay. You pick out a word in the whole essay. Second, next to it is the word of knowledge. It's a supernatural knowing, knowledge, knowing. Something connected to the past and or to the present. The word of wisdom goes into the future. The word of knowledge talks about something that has just happened or something that in your past that is probably now connected to your present and the Lord wants you to know. Certain things happened before your mother conceived you. If God wanted to let you know how that is impacting on your life now, word of knowledge. Amen? The last in that category of gifts is called descending of spirit. Discern means to see. Descending of spirits is a very narrow gift. Of the three of them is the least. It is limited to the realm of the spirit. That's the gift through which you are able to see into spirits. The realm of the spirit. Doesn't necessarily mean that you see demons. Angels are spirits also. Can I have an amen to that? Hallelujah. We've treated the three gifts that do something. The power gift, gift of faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings. We've treated the gift of revelation, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and descending of spirits. Now we are treating the last category, the utterance gifts, the three gifts that say something, or inspiration gifts. One of them, the number one, the most important, is the gift of prophecy. And that's what I'm dealing with tonight. Hallelujah. Go to 1 Corinthians 14, and we're going to be in verses 1 to 5. The gift of prophecy. Follow after charity, that is love, and desire spiritual gifts. Desire it, but rather that you may prophesy. Why would Paul say this? He said desire spiritual gifts. There are nine of them. He said, but rather that you may prophesy. There must be something about prophecy. It is the most important of them. Is Paul saying don't desire other gifts? No, he didn't say that. But he said, rather, if you desire anything, desire to prophesy. That means this gift somehow looks like the most important of them all. Every believer 
should be able to prophesy. At least prophesy over your life. Amen? Amen? Words were not primarily for communication in the Bible. Words, the first introduction of words were for creation. So you can recreate your world by your words. Amen? Your life will wind up in the direction of your confession. Prophecies of two types, foretelling and foretelling. When we confess, we are foretelling. And you can do that for yourself on a daily basis. And you can kill yourself by your words. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the dog. No, no witch can kill you. Forget it. No witch can, unless you tell them to kill you, you give them the power to kill you. No devil can kill you. If we keep trying, you'll be failing and falling. Your life is hidden in Christ and in God. So, but when you release power to them by your prophecy, yeah, you can handle it. Oh, you are sick and tired. Oh, anything can happen to anybody at any time. Anybody can die at any time. You have it. I would rather use my mouth for myself, not against myself. Are you with me tonight? Paul said, rather that you may prophesy. There must be something about prophecy. And that's why he told us to rather. He said, follow after love. Instruction number one. Love is the foundation for everything in the kingdom. And two, desire spiritual gifts. Because when you love people, you will desire spiritual gifts. For example now, I'm believing God for certain people who are in very serious health conditions. Not one, not two, not three. So, as I spend time before the Lord, or sometimes when I spend time with them, I'm, or even on the phone, because there are some that are not in this city, I'm desiring that the gift of the Spirit will flow forth the gifts of healings. The working of miracles where necessary and the gift of faith. I want a change in this situation. I don't want this person to die, Lord. I want them to stand, come to church and share their testimony. Not that Pastor Fred pray for them, but that you heal them. Amen? Love compels you to desire such gifts. Lord, I'm not wishing I desire that this person would live and not die. <laughs> Amen. If you don't love people, you won't, you won't pray for them. You can't walk the long walk with them when they're going through a health challenge. In some people's cases, not health, it's financial. If you don't love people, you won't pray for them. The natural man is selfish. That's why the least attended meeting in church is prayer meeting, intercessory prayer. Check online on MixLR, which is the least attended online prayer meeting. People are tired. You are praying for the church, church every time. Let's pray for ourselves. Lord, move. Lord, encounter people. Invade their hearts with the Holy Ghost. Let them grow in maturity in Christ's likeness. What's all that? We need money. I need money. I would rather talk to God about my money. That's why people are poor. Christians are poor. They don't have money. Because they are self-consumed. John, Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said, Seek ye first, not second, first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these 
things, including business ideas, shall be added unto you. How can you set up a whole church? I know you are teaching on Sunday morning seven steps to business breakthrough. Let people know about Christ. He's the owner of the church. He's the head of the church. When he sits upon the throne of their heart, he will give them inspiration on how to run their businesses successfully. Job 32 and verse 8. The Bible says, For there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration, give it to me, of the Almighty gives them understanding. Job 32 verse 8, But there is a spirit in man. There is a spirit in every man. The inspiration of the Almighty gives them what? Understanding of what? Anything. Marriage, business, finance, relationship. But people are learning those things all over the place at the detriment of their soul. Neglecting Christ. Christ in them, the hope of glory. He can teach you anything. The Holy Ghost can teach you carpentry. How to do your work better. He is the spirit of excellence. Don't neglect him and run after principles. Let's focus on the person. The person, not the principles. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Hebrews 13 and verse 8. Can I have an amen to that? So even as we talk about the gift, let's focus on him. Paul said, Follow after love. Desire spiritual gift, but rather that you may prophesy. Verse 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. When you are speaking in tongues, you are not talking to men. It is spiritual rascality. In some churches, I learned that their pastors communicate in tongues. What is that? To show that you are more spiritual than other people. That is not scriptural. Jesus never gave us an example of communicating with the disciples in tongues. And he also spoke. He could have done that cheaply and very, I hope you know, very easily. But he didn't give us that example. You're, you want to have an ordinary conversation about mundane things. I mean, I used to think like that too. But one of the things that God has done for me is that he has helped me to change, to rejig my thinking. Somebody just got a car. Novorondo Zagasha. Ah! Lebro Kotuzia. Then the person gets down from the car. Gegeno Zaga. Loria Doza. I used to be like that. I was in drama. I thought everything was comedy. A brother tried that with me not too long ago. He saw that I had changed. Because back in the day, we used to talk like that. When they see new things around you, they used to do, hey, do you know what you're doing? He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not to men, but to God. Is that God you're talking to? You're talking about a car? A mundane thing? People celebrate mundane things. Oh no, pastor, let's have our own first. Then we say it's mundane. Wake up. Go for Jesus. Things will chase you. Amen? 
He never told us to be able to afford anything that we will enjoy. He only told us to believe. He will give you the kind of life that you can't afford. Quote me, anyway. The kind of life that ordinarily, if they say you will afford it, even you yourself say never, but Jesus will give you as you honor him, as you keep your focus on him. The same with this spiritual gift. Keep your focus on Jesus. Let him be the reason you are desiring spiritual gifts. Because of Jesus. I want to be useful for you. I want to be a useful tool in your hands. Not for me to be big. Not for me to arrive on this and say, ah, Pastor Fred is here. The man that carries God is here. No, no. Don't get to that point in your life. God is here. Mm -mm. You are not God. You are still a man. God can use you. He can use anything. He can use anybody. He used a camel in the Bible. So be humble. Kete kete balamu. Ufon ubiri. So calm down. Just one word of wisdom and then that's it. Nobody can talk to you again. That's the problem of many, many young Christians. You preach one message, everybody is falling under the fire. Ah, my anointing is greater than that of the senior pastor now. My God. Have you ever seen him minister and people fell down? I miss that people fell. Right? That setting, the devil has you. May he not have you in Jesus' name. Peter, Peter. Simon, Simon, Jesus said. Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you like wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. And after you have been restored, restore your brethren. Strengthen your brethren. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not to men but to God. For no man understandeth him. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Mysteries are secret truths. Every time you are speaking in tongues, he gagalozo, That's why when you are speaking in tongues, focus on Jesus. Speaking in tongues can be a waste of time. When your mind has traveled, you are in your room, your mind is in London, you are in your room in Nigeria, your mind is, ah, that visa I want to collect, that visa, that visa. Ah, Lord, I'm praying for Nigeria, I'm praying for the church. But your mind is settled in Twickenham, London. It's a waste of time. When your mind travels like that, bring it back. Be like the psalmist. Psalm 16 verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be moved. So mind, come back. The Lord is before me. Let's talk to the Lord. Amen? Can I have an amen to that? I saw my son doing like this. Yes, that's the way it should be. <laughs> because the mind has the tendency to travel. Call it back. Say, come back here. We're talking to God. Amen. Verse 3. But he that prophesied speaketh unto men for what? The purpose of prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. Somebody say edification, exhortation, and comfort. That is the purpose of prophecy. That is what prophecy achieves. So when somebody prophesies, according to the New Testament, it doesn't talk about revelation. So I will separate the office of the prophet and the simple gift of prophecy. Here, he's not talking about the office of the prophet. He's talking about the simple gift of prophecy. So if there is a simple gift of prophecy operating in our church, operating in your life, it must bring one or two or, the, or these three things. Edification. To build up. is the same word Jude used in Jude 20. But you, beloved, 
building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost. You are edifying yourself. It's the same word used by the Jewish people for building their batteries. Their mobile phone batteries. We call it charging. They call it building. A phone is low. I want to build my battery. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are charging your spiritual battery. So you can receive signals. Prophecy also is for building up. When you hear prophecy, it should build you up. It shouldn't make you to cow and be crying. Which is what is common nowadays. My son, my son, I see blood. What did you? The blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> edification. Somebody say edification. Exhortation. Same as edification. In the same ministry. An exhorter is someone that cheers people on with the word of God. As inspired by the Holy Spirit. If you were down before, you meet an exhorter. Five minutes, your spirit is lifted. And that's what the Holy Ghost can achieve. I'm not talking about motivational speaking. I'm talking about exhortation. Exhortation. And number three, comfort. Of course, you know the name of comfort. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of comfort. He is the comforter. So there are times that things go awry. Things go the other way and you need comfort. Prophecy can bring comfort. It is well. No matter what it is you're going through right now, the spirit of love will have me say to you, it is well. And by faith you can sing, it is well. It is well with my soul. I know it is well. And I'm coming out of this. I know it is well. Comfort by the spirit of God. Not anything has changed in the natural. Comfort by the spirit. It, it can come through the instrumentality of prophecy. Can I have an amen to that? Verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself, builds himself up. But he that prophesieth edifies the church. This is the difference between both of you now. The one that just speaks in tongues is edifying himself. If I speak one hour in tongues, I have not blessed you. I've built up myself. I've been a blessing to myself. So I don't know how long you want to be a blessing to yourself every day, but at least be a blessing to yourself. But you see, the one that prophesies edifies the church. When you give a word like that, the church is built up. The church is encouraged. A brother came to the service and he believed that after that service he'll go and hang himself. And you give a word of prophecy and it hits him so hard. And he breaks down and, and cries and repents and says, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. And his life takes an upward turn. You have built the church. Are you with me tonight? That's why Paul said, desire to prophesy. I would rather that you prophesy. Every believer can prophesy. Say that, everybody. Say, every believer, including me, can prophesy. Because you build up the church. You build the church. Your word will build the church. The gift of the Holy Ghost in you, the gift of prophecy by the Holy Ghost, will build the church through you. Verse 5. And that's where we stop. I will that you all speak with tongues. But rather, he kept emphasizing it, that you prophesied. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interprets that the church may be, that the church may receive a divine. He said, greater is the one that prophesies than the one that speaks in tongues. Why? 
Because the one that prophesies will bring profit into the church. Will bring edification, comfort, exhortation to the church. But the one that speaks in tongues only blesses himself. Did he say don't speak in tongues? No, never said that. Speak in tongues in your private time. When you come to church, corporate anointing, speak in tongues. But covet that you may prophesy. Why? Because when you get it right, you would have helped somebody in the church. You might be helping somebody online. Amen? So let me start my teaching tonight. 30 minutes to go. Prophecy is the most important of the three gifts of inspiration or utterance. The reason it is the most important is because it takes the two others, that is, diverse kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues to equal prophecy. So it is the greatest of the three. It is the most important of the three. If you remove it, add the two others, it will still give you prophecy. Diverse kind of tongues plus interpretation of tongues will give you prophecy. Paul said, greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interprets. So when you come to, to the stage after worship, thus saith the Lord, we are waiting. What did the Lord say? And you drop the mic and go. You have not blessed us. You have only blessed yourself. But after your brokoto, 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 and whatever the Holy Ghost tells you, thus saith the Lord, I am coming for you big time. I am coming. Hold on, hold on. Don't give up. If that is what he has told you, you have built the church. You don't know how many people are on the verge of giving up in the church. You never know. You don't know what people are going through. They wear cosmetics. But you don't know what is going on beneath the fine makeover. Sometimes people are bleeding. The pastor may be bleeding. Still leading, but is bleeding. And a member who yields herself or himself to the Holy Spirit can be used in the gift of prophecy to bring a word that would bless the pastor. <laughs> can I have an amen to that? You see why? This is teaching us to be selfless. These nine gifts are teaching us to be selfless. The reason you must operate in the gift of the Spirit is not for you. It's for you to bring profit to the kingdom. And I say again, you cannot be bringing profit to the kingdom and the kingdom will bringing loss to your life. Impossible. Oh, pastor, but I've been bringing profit to the kingdom. I don't know why things are not going fine for me. Hold on. For he makes all things beautiful in his time. Oh, something is wrong. Ask him, Holy Ghost, what am I doing wrong? Maybe your motive. Mm. People serve, but some serve with eye service. I don't want pastor to castigate me, so let me serve oh. God is in your heart. Are you, sad? Are you here to serve Pastor Fred? I won't go to that church again. The way the pastor talked about me. He even was talking to me anyhow. Are you there for him? Or you are there for God? That's how people have left their place of destiny. They've walked themselves into irre irrelevance. The Bible says like a bird that wandered out of his nest. So is a man that wanders out of his place. Every man has a place. You stay in your place, you are blessed there. Those who are 
planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the court of our God. Psalm 90. No, is it 90? Should be. One of my favorite Psalms, anyways. Tonight, let me quickly continue with prophecy. Because I want to drive this home a little bit. It's one of the Psalms. And, it's, and I think it's verse 13. 92, 13. God bless you. It must be verse 13. Is it not verse 13? I know the verse. <laughs> I know that verse by heart. 92, 13. It says, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the court of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. So even now, two things there, they will grow old. Amen? So they won't die young. It says old age, old age. And two, they will bring forth fruit. Their lives will continue to be fruitful. One, in that die, yeah, yeah. Fruitful in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Why? To show, to demonstrate that the Lord is upright. He's my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. Meaning, if you serve him well, out of love, with all your heart, God will show up for you. It doesn't take God a long time to do a big thing. Oh, pastor, I've been serving with all my heart. God hasn't shown up for me. Stay there. Every man has their time. Mango should not be crying because it's orange season. Your time is coming. For it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in his season. Psalm 1 verse 3. Whose leaves also shall not wither, and whatever I do, it shall prosper. Can I have an amen to that? So, when you speak in tongues and you interpret, it's equal to prophecy. Paul inferred that to speak with tongues and interpret is equivalent to prophecy. Therefore, prophecy is really the most important of the three gifts of inspiration or utterance. What is prophecy? Right. Prophecy is supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Prophecy is supernatural utterance. Utterance, like Americans. Americans say utterance. Utterance is like D. Utterance. British people, utterance. Nigerians, utterance. Supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Now, listen is not in an unknown tongue. It's in a known tongue. It might be English. It might be Yoruba. It might be Hausa. It might be Igbo. It might be French. It might be German. It might be Spanish. It might be Portuguese. It is in a known tongue. Now, known tongue to the people there, because if I speak Portuguese here, unless you read Portuguese in school, you might not know what I'm saying. So, if you are giving us a word of prophecy in this house, our lingua franca in Nigeria is English. So, prophecy is given. is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Like when the Lord gave me that word five years ago, and in nothing Shall you be ashamed? I found that in Philippians 1.20 where it came as a prophecy to me. And I chanted it. I confessed it. And I began to tell everybody everywhere I went and God began to walk that word and it's still working in my life till today. That in nothing will you be ashamed. No more down days! The glory days are here. Testimonies like exaggeration. 
inspired utterance in a known tongue. One time I was facing some persecution from my enemies. Friends that turned themselves to enemies. Became very envious and jealous. And mightily used of the devil. And many of them were trying to deride me. Did God call him? Is he anointed? And somebody told me, I said, don't worry. My God will answer them. It came from my spirit. My God will answer them. He's answering them now. And he's, still, and he's not stopped yet. He's still answering them. My God will answer them. I was preaching here one day and that thing came again. I echoed it from the stage. My God will answer them. Everyone quietly and secretly mocking you. Your God will answer them. See, there are ways that God answers people. You are not there when God answers them. You don't know that God is answering, but he's answering. <laughs> and they know. He's hooking them under the belt, below the belt. He's hooking them. <laughs> he's hooking them. God will do things in your life that will silence the adversary. So that I will give you a wisdom and a tongue that your adversaries can neither resist nor gainsay. One proof, one move of God, one touch, and they are silenced. Amen? Amen. Prophecy is supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Diverse kind of tongues is supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. Write it down. Diverse kind of tongues is supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. You don't mean it. The time is fast spent. Interpretation of tongues is a supernatural showing forth of that which has been said in tongues. I'll say that again. Interpretation of tongues is a supernatural showing forth of that which has been said in tongues. The Hebrew word translated to prophesy actually means to show forth. It carries the thought to bubble, to bubble forth like a fountain. To let drop, to lift up, to tumble forth, to spring forth. That's why those of you that have prophesied before and still do prophesy, you will see that it's actually a bubbling in your spirit. You want to try and stop it, but that thing keeps bubbling until you open your mouth by faith and you release it. The Greek word translated to prophesy, I've given you the Hebrew. The Greek word translated to prophesy means to speak for another. Actually, it means to speak for God, to be his spokesman. That's why you will hear people say, Thus saith the Lord. I'm not the one talking. It is the Lord talking through me. I'm a spokesperson, so I'm, I'm prophesying. Let me talk about gift of prophecy for all. We just read 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 5. Paul the apostle tells us to desire spiritual gifts, but especially that we may prophesy. Now, that doesn't mean that we are not to desire the other gifts, but that we are supposed to put this one first. Rather that you may prophesy. Say, so put it first. At the end of the same chapter, which is 1 Corinthians 14, he repeated, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy. Thus, Paul, writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, emphasized the importance of prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14. Look at towards the end of it. Rather that you prophesy. 1 Corinthians 14. 
Wherefore, brethren, verse 39, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. He kept emphasizing, I want you to prophesy. So quickly, let's separate the gift of prophecy, the simple gift of prophecy from the prophet's ministry. The simple gift of prophecy should not be confused with the prophetic office, which we have in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3. It said, but he that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. That is the simple gift of prophecy. It brings edification. Somebody say edification, exhortation, and comfort. Thus, we can readily see that the simple gift of prophecy has no revelation. It doesn't talk about revealing something that is about to happen. It's just edification, exhortation, and comfort. However, in the office of a prophet, we often find revelation there coming forth even by the prophecy. The prophet will prophesy, but more often than not, there is a revelation in that prophecy. The believer who is not standing in the office of a prophet also will prophesy. But what he gives is exhortation, edification, and comfort. There is no revelation revealing what is about to happen. Mm -mm. Can I have an amen to that? So people might say, oh, that's not prophecy. Inasmuch as you are not revealing what is about to happen. Because they are used to revealing something about to happen. That's not the only type of prophecy that we have. Amen. Now, understand this. Under the old covenant, prophecy was essentially foretelling future events. Whereas in the New Testament, it shifts strongly to foretelling. In the simple gift of prophecy, there is no foretelling whatsoever. The simple gift of prophecy is pretty much predominant in the New Testament. And that is exhortation, edification, and comfort. There is no foretelling in it. Under the old covenant, prophecy was largely foretelling. Thus said the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. And two measures of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. And it shall come to pass. And then you see it happen. Foretelling. Thus said the Lord, the, 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 the barrel of meal shall not waste. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day the Lord sent the rain upon the earth and it came to pass. For telling what is going to happen. And you see those prophets, they did a lot of foretelling. Whether Isaiah, Isaiah foretold, for example, about the birth of Christ. Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah chapter 9 also, and some of these other chapters in Isaiah. He foretold the suffering of Christ in Isaiah 53, 54, he spoke about, in verse, in verse 5, he talked about the suffering. Uh, the, the, the chast Surely he, he, he took our infirmities and bore our griefs. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He was foretelling what was going to happen. When Christ came, he fulfilled that when he went to the cross. And after the cross, Peter, in First Peter 2.24, referred to that. He said, by whose stripes you were were healed. But Isaiah foretold. He foretold his birth when he said, for unto us a child is given, unto us 
a child is born unto us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. That was foretelling. Amen. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Listen, the fact that you usually prophesy, or that you have prophesied, does not make you a prophet. Okay? It only means that you have exercised the simple gift of prophecy. In Nigeria, some people exercise that gift, but they call themselves prophets. Mm-mm. Doesn't mean you're a prophet. I will show you something. When you say somebody is a rich man, why do you say he's a rich man? Tell me quickly, yeah? Because he has money. But do we all have money? Do we all have money? You are afraid. Even my son is bolder than most of you. The boy said yes. The boy is right. We all have money. Even the boy has money. His perfume. No, don't let me tell you where he keeps his money. <laughs> you give him money, you go and save it. You give this that money, you go and save it. They have money now. And they have accounts. You all have accounts. You all have bank accounts. It's just that. You know what I mean? Some of our accounts, they are on God. They are at an on God level. But if you look at me now, you say I'm a rich man. Yes, amen. Jesus' name. <laughs> that means I have plenty of money. That's why you call me rich. We don't call everybody we see rich. But everybody has money. Every believer can prophesy. But not every believer that prophesies is a prophet. Just like everybody has money, but not everybody that has money is rich. Because the money you are calling money is just what somebody will spend in a night for dinner. That's all. Thank you. And you have been saving that from only God. <laughs> Did you get that simple explanation? Then let me wrap it up. How do we know a prophet? Or a prophet, he would not just have just that gift of prophecy, he would have other revelation gifts operating along with the gift of prophecy. Let me give you, my time is up. But please, let me cite this example. Second Kings chapter 5. Can I have that on the screen? Verses 25 and 26. I'll stop there tonight. Second Kings 5. Media, please. Verses 25 and 26. This was when Naaman the leper came to Elisha. And Elisha told him to go into the river and to have his bath. Long story short, he was healed. He was a mighty man. He was the captain of the Syrian army. He was the coas, the chief of army staff. He was rich. He had a lot of money. Gold, silver, clothes. So he brought a lot of gifts to the man of God. And this should be a lesson to us men of God. There's not every time people bring gifts that you take them. You say, yeah, God used me for you. I brought it, I take it. Some things. For reasons known to God. We are not told why. But Elisha said, I don't want. I don't want. The king of Sodom offered Abraham the stuff. And he requested the people, the souls. Satan always wants the souls of men. Giving them stuff. That's why there are all kinds of secret courts all around. Satan wants to give them money, gives them Mercedes, give them houses, give them gold, give them designer clothes. 
give them fame. Give them five billion naira or 30 billion in the account. I think that's the song. Houses on Banana Island, Sugarcane Island, an apartment in Burj Khalifa, whatever. Satan doesn't mind. Those things, he can give people. He doesn't care. He's in charge of the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 to 4, calls him the God of this world. Stuff, popularity, fame, aza. Political power. Just give me your soul. That's all. He came to Abraham and said, give me the souls. Take the stuff. Abraham said to Fiaqua, I will never take anything from you. Not even a shoelace, lest you say you made Abraham rich. I wish people would say that in our days. Christians are compromising in their offices. They are, they are joining unbelievers to steal government money, using it to build houses, using it to buy cars, even using it to sponsor the activities of the church. Is it acceptable to God? No. There are things to receive, there are things not to receive. Can I have this on the screen? Second Kings 5, 25 and 26. If you don't have it on the screen, I'll read my Bible. Uh -huh. So, this man and brought a lot of stuff to Elisha. Elisha said, no. I'm not taking anything. The man said, okay. Thank you, sir. At least I'm healed. Then he was going back with his stuff. Kai Gehazi. Elisha took over from Elijah having a double portion of the anointing. Gehazi was supposed to take over from Elisha. That would have been 14, no, Elijah performed 8 miracles, Elisha performed 16. That would have been 32 miracles in the ministry of one man under the old covenant. But on the altar of money, material things, the things of this world entered his eyes. The Bible says he chased after that man. He ran. Imagine a prophet. Wearing his tunic, what they wore back in the day, flowing garment. Imagine he was falling down, getting up. No, I will catch up with this man. I will catch up with this man. The man looked from the rear mirror of his GLK. He said, ah, Is this not one of the servants of the prophet? Why is he running like this? Why is he running and falling down? He told the driver, I said, Slow down. Communicate to the entire chariot. Because he came in the convoy. Let everybody slow down. And in fact, stop. So they stopped. Then they ran to him. Panting. Long live. Live long. What is it, man of God? What is it? Sir, you know my, my, man, my, my senior pastor said he wasn't taking anything from you. He said, yes. I brought gift for him. Ah, immediately you left. Some visitors came. And he needed to entertain them. And he just asked me to, that maybe you can give him some, some money, some changes of raiment, some, so he can use it to take care of the people under him and the guests that came. He concocted a story. Concussion. And the man gave him more than he wanted. And Naaman said, be content. Take two talents. That's a lot of money back in the day. A lot of money. 
Imagine him giving him like two billion. One talent was worth several millions of dollars. Yeah, give him two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags. Do you know what? You think talent is just something small? He took bags, bags for one talent. So two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments. And laid them upon him. Laid them upon two of his servants. Servants carried them to follow him. And they bear them before him. Yeah. Uh-uh. How can somebody be serving God, serving God, serving God? Serving God, serving God. We're hungry. Somebody now came. Maga came. A real client came. God used you to heal him. And he wanted to bless us. Now he should not give us an honorarium. He was not going away. Not yet. I'm street smart. Street sense. Yo, God, I'm you. If a guy likes, he's, he's spiritual. He should be eating spiritual food. We, we need kana food. Sergio. All of that was going on in his mind. And when he came to the tower, came close to the house, he took them from their hand and bestowed them in the house and he let the men go and they departed. Go that way. Thank you. God bless you. He didn't carry it to his master. Now see what the master said. But he went in and stood before his master. Yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. He <laughs> was a very powerful minister today. You minister, sir. Ah! Long live your spirit. Elisha said unto him, When's comest thou? He has it. Ah. Thy servant went no, no whither. I didn't go anywhere. Go. You told me to go and grind pepper at the backyard. I was grinding the pepper to make my money for all of us tonight. I didn't go anywhere. Are you looking for me? Ah, maybe, sorry, I was in the airport as I was playing music, so I didn't hear that you were calling me. Mm. See the word of knowledge in operation. And he said to him, went not my heart my spirit with thee when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee? Is it a time to receive money and to receive garments? Look at, it was very precise. And to receive garments and olive yard and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servant and maid servant. Is it the time because he lacked discernment. You discern the times and the seasons. There is a time for everything. A time to embrace. A time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to be among people. There's a time to separate yourself alone with God. It's not every time you're on social media. Chat, chat, chat. Some of you, the spirit of God wakes you up in the midnight because he wants to talk to you about your life. That's the time you switch over to your phone. He woke you up. Sleep didn't come. Prayer, you will not pray. Then you go to your phone. And you, you browse all night. Instagram videos. Hallelujah. He said, I should stop. Look at what he said. The leprosy thereof 
therefore, of Naaman shall cleave unto thee. The leprosy had left. I figure it was a spirit. When leprosy had the words of the man of God, it came back. And shall cleave unto thee and to thy seed forever. If you see any leprous man today, he's a descendant of Gehazi. And he went out from his presence, a leper as white as snow. Now, where was the money collected? How would he now wear the new changes of garment? My point tonight is, Elisha never followed him. He said, but my heart went with you. He saw everything. It was clean, clear, 4K screen playing before Elisha. Because he had the gift of the word of knowledge. He knew what was going on. He wasn't a prophet because he just prophesied. When you stand in the office of a prophet, you have the gift, the simple gift of prophecy, coupled with at least two of the other gifts that reveal something. Whether the word of wisdom or the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge or word of wisdom and discerning of spirits. At least two of them in addition to the simple gift of prophecy. That's what makes you stand in the office of a prophet. Is that clear, everybody? tonight? Stand on your feet tonight and give him praise. Father, we bless your name.